Today on the podcast, we're going to go back into our End Times series, part two. We're going to be talking about the Antichrist. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be crazy. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, hello, All Out Warriors. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. We are in the studio tonight, and we are recording another episode. This is going to be a great one. I am Turner, and I'm joining the studio with Rosie. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, dude? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah. Dude, I had a weird experience tonight. So, you know, as most of our listeners know, we love Coke Zero. <laughs> and uh, we have in our studio a little mini fridge over in the corner. And um, I, I noticed that we were out. And since tomorrow is a holiday and everything, and we did, you know, I go to the grocery store on Saturday, on Sunday afternoons. We record this on Sunday night. And uh, so I went to the grocery store to get some Coke Zero. And uh, as, so this is the weirdest thing happened. So I'm at the checkout line and, and, uh, there's a couple next to me, a husband and wife, yeah. and they're checking out. And I'm like, I think I know who they are. And this happens to me a lot mm-hmm. because, you know, I've been, you know, I was in a large church and pastor I've known and people knew me. Thousands and, of people. Yeah. So it happens a lot that I know people and I've lived in our little town for 13 years now. So I know a lot of people. And I thought that this husband and wife, the dad was the father of a kid that played football with my son. Right. My son used to play football for like five or six years and it turns so i'm looking at i'm like man i wasn't positive i wasn't positive and i was like it kind of looked like him but i wasn't sure and he's looking at me and i'm looking at him and i'm I'm sure he's probably thinking like why are you looking at me (laughs) so i just grab my bags and i leave i didn't say anything Mm -hmm. and i'm walking out and as i walk out the doors in walking the doors is that kid's dad (laughs) and his mom (laughs) Really? The one who I thought it was. Yeah. That that just freaked me out. It like legitimately freaked me out. So he has a doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But even more than that, it's like I was thinking about him. Yeah. Not thinking about, but like it triggered my memory. Yeah, yeah. I know his kid's name. His kid's name's Ryan, right? Yeah. And I remember him. He was like on the line and everything. I haven't seen him in a couple years. But, you know, the dad was cool. We'd sit together in the stands and we'd root for our kids and stuff like that. And I was a coach too, so he helped coach That's as well. crazy. But then I see him walking in. Yeah. It just freaked me out a little bit. Is that like a, like, I don't know, man. It just, it seemed too coincidental to be like coincidental. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say there's some like, I immediately went to thinking of like some new age stuff where they're like, you know, they believe in the manifesting of like. <laughs> yeah, making your own. Uh, yeah, reality and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Visualization or whatever. Yeah. The problem was I wasn't visualizing. It was like a memory thing. Yeah. It's like, I wasn't sure, but then I thought it was. Yeah. Well, that's like the thing. Um, and I'm sure people, everyone that's listening has probably had this. Like when you're thinking about just some random person. Yeah. You're like, oh, I should, I haven't thought about this person in a while. I wonder how they're doing or I'm, I need to reach out to them and see how they're doing. Yeah. And like for me, it's happened fairly regularly um, that either they'll, I don't know, like I'm thinking of some random friend and then someone else will text me about them or mention them or that oh, friend yeah. I'm thinking of will 
send something to me on Facebook, you know, something like that. Yeah. And that's weird. So you want to hear something even more weird? Yes. So I'm a twin mm-hmm. and I have a twin sister. And there are times, there have been times in the past couple years where like I'm literally driving my car. I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to call my sister. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, it's like urgent. Like I need to call her. I haven't talked to her in a couple weeks or a month or whatever. We go for pretty long stretches and don't talk to each other because she's super busy and so am I. Yeah. And I'll call her and she'll pick up the phone and she'll be like, I literally was just <laughs> thinking about call- Like I had the phone in my hand. Like th- that's, this happened yeah, yeah, like yeah. multiple times. And it's always me calling her. It's never her calling me. Because you just beat her to it. I guess I just beat her to it. Yeah. Because I'm the better twin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, and I, people are always like, oh, you guys have that twin connection thing going. And right. I'm telling you, man, there is something to that. There's some weird, just some weird, like, um, like we share a brain. I don't know. <laughs> but our my twin style, so... You know, there's multiple types of twins. You have fraternal and then identical twins, right? Right. Fraternal twins are when you have two eggs, two sperm, both get fertilized Mm -hmm. in the same pregnancy. Yeah. It's the rarest type of twin that you can have because Mm -hmm. mostly, most of the time, whichever one gets fertilized first is going to end up being the the dominant one and push out the other one. Right, right. Then you have identical twins, which is one egg, two sperm, and it splits the egg. Hmm. Or it might be one sperm and it splits the egg yeah, yeah, and yeah. just splits everything. That's why they're identical because it's the exact same DNA. Right, right. So I'm fraternal, but I've been a part of a. St- we should probably even do a podcast on this uh, at some point. Yeah, you um, would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're gonna say yeah. I, I, the twin study that mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. So I've been a part of a twin study for, gosh, man, since I was like 19, and uh, they haven't really messed. They haven't really contacted me recently in like the past five years. But it used to be like every like twice a year and then for a couple of years and then it was like once a year and then mm-hmm. it was like every other year and then it was like every three years and now it's been like, I haven't talked to him probably five years. Yeah. But it's University of Richmond doing this twin study <laughs> and um, they were literally doing all kinds of amazing studies on twins. Yeah. Like everything, like your sexuality, your dreams, you yeah, know, I was gonna occupation. Say, before you said that, I was going to say that I know that they do lots of different crazy experiments with twins. Yeah. So... It's cool. I guess the problem with like something with that, like that, is that you have to have, um, like it has to be passed along, you know, like the guy who started it, like the professor or whatever. Yeah. Is probably in his, I don't know, mid fifties or something. Like when he started it. Right. He's probably really and then old he's now. Prob- yeah. And you know, then, but if they're doing it from a younger age, that, it, you know, it'll probably pass, you know, so basically it's going to be like the next generation, the people that he... Yeah. Teaches, they're going to pass it along because they have to have, you know, to really get a lot of distance, you have to. Yeah, it's got to be long term. It's got to be 20, 30, 40 years of yeah. keeping up to date to have something that's really substantial. Yeah, scientific. Yeah. And lots, yeah. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And they actually, um, their twin study is actually one of the one of the better one better known ones in the world. Yeah. That's so, cool, man. Yeah. So yeah. some guy probably just had to get his doctorate and he's like hey i'm gonna do it on twins i'm like yeah he's probably some kind of like uh you know medical doctor or something like that or psychologist or something yeah yeah. but anyways yeah so i had that weird experience at the grocery store with that that couple yeah i can't remember what the um i think it was carl young i can't remember what the term uh that he uses this as uh basically his definition for the word that i can't think of 
is meaningful coincidences. Oh, cool. Um, I like can't that. remember the term, but look it up. Yeah, and it. Uh, yeah, I can't remember and, what it is, but it's but very true. As soon as I saw the guy, like we we're literally, you know how like they have the doors that yeah, open yeah. automatically. It's so, like he's walking in, I'm walking out through those doors, and I looked at him, and it, it, it almost stopped me in my tracks. I'm like. <laughs> Dude, I was just thinking, and and then you, and then for me, because I'm in ministry, yeah. my mind's like, oh, maybe you're supposed to talk to him. Maybe yeah. God was trying to get his attention, so I just prayed for him in the car. <laughs> I was like, God bless him, keep him safe, cool, whatever he needs, yeah. you know. But anyways, yeah. Oh, hey, did you know? That, uh, <laughs> there you go. You didn't have to prompt me. Um, Oscar the Grouch is Canadian. Really? Yeah. Canadian. He's Canadian. That's why he's garbage. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know who else who thinks he's garbage? It's Donald Trump. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I didn't, think, I didn't make that joke. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, he was born in uh, New Brunswick. Oscar the Grouch was born in New Brunswick. He's yeah. a Muppet. I know. But that's his okay. story. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, he also owned a car called the Sloppy Jalopy. <laughs> sloppy Jalopy. That's so great. I yeah. can't remember ever seeing him drive a car. I just remember being season in twelve, season twelve of the of the of Sesame Street. Street. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Oh man, Sesame Street. Those are the good old days. But today, man, we live in a cyber world, brother. Yeah. It's a crazy world. In fact, Donald Trump was talking to me about it the other day. You know, we're in a cyber world. This is now a cyber world. <laughs> he believes it's a cyber world. So do I. <laughs> um, for anyone that's wondering what happened, we got a new piece of equipment, and it has the ability to run soundboard snippets, so Turner's been super happy. I found the best, <laughs> in my opinion, the best Donald Trump soundbite, and it it's about you. It's about you, Rosie. You want to hear I'm it? Because so important. Because you're so important. Yeah. Him and I were talking too. This is what he said to me about, about you. If I were running The View, I'd fire Rosie. I mean, I'd look her right oh. in that fat, ugly face of hers. I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. We're all a little chubby, but Rosie's just worse than most of us. But it's not the chubbiness. Rosie is a very unattractive person. It's all true. inside and out. Rosie's a person that's very lucky to have her girlfriend. He doesn't like and you. And she better be careful or I'll send one of my friends over to pick up her girlfriend. Why would she stay with Rosie if she had another choice? Oh, man. Man, Donald Trump is not like... That's our president, ladies and gentlemen. That's our president. <laughs> Some people say, not my president. Oh, my gosh. I hate you! Oh, chill out. Chill out, Alex okay, Jones. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, buddy. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm out of control. <laughs> I'm going to be playing with these buttons the whole podcast. <laughs> oh, man. All right. You want to talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah, because this is actually important. Everyone t- <laughs> everyone is officially cut off the whole podcast. We don't have anyone listening now. They've yeah. turned it off. And so the one person that's listening, my mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> She's like, who's, what was that? <laughs> like, I was getting interference on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. So we're going to continue in our series, the End Time series. And uh, <laughs> not to be anticlimactic, but part two. And we're going to talk about the topic of who is the Antichrist. And uh, this is a this is a pretty pretty cool thing. So one of the one of the things that you and I talked about when we were going to do this series on the end times, which is going to be kind of an open ended thing, it might end up being ten parts for all we know. We're just going to, you know, take 
aspects of the end times of the Revela- of the book of Revelation and some other stuff in Daniel and things like that. We're just going to kind of pull it apart in little chunks and yeah. look at it. You know, it's probably easier that way than trying yeah. to do one big podcast for two hours or whatever. And so you don't get bored with it. <laughs> yeah. And it can be confusing. And I'll have to admit that going over it again, and, and I remember um, you you study it, like I had to study it. I taught through Revelation two different times um, over the past 15 years. And um, you study it and you're like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to really get this, right? And then you get into it and you're like, why did I pick this? Yeah. And there's things that you're just trying to noodle through and figure out. And um, and that's one of the reasons that the book of Revelation is Revelation can be so confusing to people because there is so many, like, um, just there's so many uh, prophetic utterances that come forth that are just, they have meaning and they have descriptions. and It'll be one of those things that, like, when you, after it happens, we'll look back. Or like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Oh, that's that makes perfect sense. Oh, I get exactly what right. John was saying. Or, right? Yeah. Exactly. I, I didn't want... Yeah. Yeah, John wrote Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got scared for a second. I was like, <laughs> oh, did I mess that up? Um, I was like, your neighbor, John. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and maybe, or when each piece... Yeah, I, I think it'll probably be looking back at it. Of like, oh yeah, boom, boom, do, 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 do. It yeah. makes exact sense. But right now it's Yeah, and crazy. maybe maybe by the time I get to the end, we'll do a... Like when we get like when we get towards the end, we'll do a, a, like a timeline of events that the way, the way we think they're gonna they're gonna play out. Yeah. From the from our studies, but tonight we're gonna talk about a unique individual within the end times, and that's gonna be the Antichrist. And um, so I want to make one distinction right off the bat. Um, we're told in Scripture that there is a spirit of Antichrist that is in the world and has been in the world ever since Jesus, you know, rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. The, the spirit of the Antichrist and the Antichrist are two different things. Right. They're, they're literally rooted in the same evil of Satan, but because the word Antichrist just simply means against Christ, that's all it means. So it's pretty easy to, you know, understand who he's for and against, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's a spirit that's against God, and then there is the Antichrist. And I wanted to bring that up and mention that, that first because... There's a couple of things that are going to have to happen in the world um, before the Antichrist can fully take his place and put himself in position to be recognized by the rest of the world. One of the things that has to happen is there has to be a delusion that's sent over the entire world where truth is confused and people no longer believe in God. They believe, you know, they, and, and you know, there's just this delusion. The other side of it is that the church itself will have a portion of it that will become apostate, which what we what we mean by apostate is that it will depart from truth and believe a lie and accept a false and preach a false gospel. Right. So those two things kind of work in tandem and they, they literally have been happening from the beginning. Well, I was going to say this is kind of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just kind of came into my head. This is one of those things that uh, an amillennialist might point at and say, like, look, this has all been happening. We've been living in the spirit of the Antichrist. Right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's that negates kind of... Yeah, or, they would say maybe he's not an individual, but it's just been a, uh, you know, a spirit. Right. Yeah, and it's both. That's what I'm trying to say. Right, right, right. There's a spirit of Antichrist, and John John speaks of it mm-hmm. in First John, and uh, it's in the world. 
and um, any, you know, it's... It's certainly around us right now, if you look. Yeah. I mean, the, the rise of atheism, the rise of, of, you know, I mean, like, I think I said this on a podcast before last, where the, you know, I saw that Schumer and Pelosi were trying to remove, and, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. so Almighty God, or so God... In God we trust. In God we trust, um, you or know. Some, yeah. yeah, for the Pledge of Allegiance, I think it was. Oh, um, One Nation Under God. Yeah, One Nation Under God. So they want to strike God from that. We've stricken God from prayer in school. Um, you know, it. it's funny how you can talk about anything else, anyone else. You can talk about Muhammad. You can talk about Buddha. You cannot talk about Jesus. And so there's this um, anti-Christ spirit in the world and that's going to work in tandem with the apostate church. And so what's happening is is they're both moving away from truth, they're moving away from the, the what God wants, and then at a certain point they'll culminate and then the antichrist will come onto the scene. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just talk about him a little bit. He's a creepy figure. Um there's been uh, historically a lot of people have been pinned as being the antichrist. Yeah. And you had you you had an awesome <laughs> thing that you shared with me before that yeah. it's awesome in the fact that somebody took the time to try and figure this out and they pinned actually Barack Obama as being the Antichrist, yeah. which I don't believe Barack Obama's the Antichrist yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, although he does fit kind of. Well, maybe, tell maybe, him, we'll, maybe we'll bring up some of the other points where maybe it was because you know. Why don't gay, you bring it gay. up? Okay. Why don't you? Well, yeah. So, anyways, he's I, gay. <laughs> It's gay. Yeah. Oh my God. Barack Obama's totally gay. Michelle Obama's a man. I'm just saying. Um, moving on from that. I hate you. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, we like to have fun here. Uh, so the uh, the video I came across, which was seen by a lot back in what was it? No, it was posted like 2009. Okay. November 2009. And so it said uh, it takes the verse uh, from Luke. Luke 10. 18, which is Jesus's words. And he says, this is the verse, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Okay. So if you take the word lightning, um, which is, if you want to look it up, just so you know, I'm not making it up. <laughs> it's Strong's Hebrew word 1299. And it's Barak. Okay. To mean lightning. And then... The word for from a fall, uh, a, a high place is uh, Bama. And then uh, the video also says that uh, some scholars, in order to, I don't know, use like a conjugator uh, <laughs> to make the word, they'll add like an O or a U um, in Hebrew to, um, yeah, I guess make it flow or show, you know, first sentence structure. So, so according to this jesus would have said i saw satan as barack obama <laughs> there's people that would think he is yeah so satan. if you that's what they're saying that when jesus who spoke hebrew would have said this he would have said you know hebrew i i saw satan as barack obama so there you go we figured oh, it out all right so we figured out the antichrist or at least <laughs> satan yeah <laughs> Yeah, and like I mean, so that's just a taste of like people trying to pin who the Antichrist is. And it's is. been like if you Wikipedia, I, I didn't bring it up, but if you Wikipedia like who people have said yeah. is the Antichrist. Yeah, like from the state, there's like hundreds of people that they all say. Oh yeah, it goes as far back as popes, 
originals and it, you, you got Hitler, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give you this, that there are some people that like, I mean, honestly, in World War II, I probably would have bought into the fact that Hitler could be the Antichrist simply because of what he was doing. Yeah. You know, the way he was conquering the world, the way he was killing the Jews, Yeah, you know, and, and the way he claimed to be a Christian. Right. So, you know, there's some legitimate. Yeah. So there's people throughout history that like you could point to and say that they have some of these characteristics or like, oh yeah, like I could see that happening <laughs> you know how like uh in star wars they're like the force is strong in this one yeah it's like the antichrist is strong in this one <laughs> right the spirit of antichrist is strong but there's gonna be a legitimate individual right and right now he could be alive right now i'll just say that i think it's possible that he's alive right now um and i don't i don't know that he is uh that uh, he's on the scene yet, he might be. There's some people that think that, and I'll get into this in a few minutes, but there's some people that think that it's he's actually around right now. But I was going to say, I just read a news article that there's some, I tried to find it and I just looked at it right now and I couldn't find the actual thing. Oh yeah. But I just read a news article that there's like some Hebrew scholar, some <laughs> Jewish Hebrew, uh, very well-known, um, I'll have to find the link, but you can look look for it. Um, and it's, he said basically the Antichrist is here on the scene right now. Or not on the scene, but he, he's alive. He's alive, yeah. So there's some, and that came out in the last week or two. Okay. So there's some people saying that also. Yeah, it's, it's common. It's not uncommon. And, and you look at the signs. So this is the thing we were talking, we talked about in, in part one, we talked about how God has provided certain prophetic utterances that will... Uh, basically serve as, hey, this is a signpost. Mm -hmm. This is a signpost. When you see this happen, when you see, and one of the things that we talked about, the main thing we talked about was the the temple, the third temple being built. And we we talked about how that's going to be a main sign because the the Antichrist is going to go into the temple and declare to be God at one point. So when the temple is being built, we know we're really close. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of movement to the temple right now they they are like literally one decision away from just starting to build it right you know so that could happen at any moment i was reading daniel chapter 7 that's the chapter that speaks the most about the antichrist um in the old testament and i just want to read a couple verses for you and then we'll kind of explain it a little bit because it's important to understand how they all fit together so in daniel 7 he has this vision of these four beasts and the he's He's the first beast. It's in a, it comes in a vision to him at nighttime, and the first beast is a lion. It had wings on its back like an eagle. Um, then the next beast was a bear, and uh, and it had um, it was raised up, and on its uh, one of its sides, it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. Um, the next beast was a leopard, and on its back, it had four wings like those of a bird. And it and this beast had four heads and was given authority to rule. So it's can imagine this leopard with four heads and wings, just weird, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth beast was terrifying. Listen to this. It says, it says after that in my vision, and this is Daniel seven seven. Uh, after that, and in, in my vision, I looked, and there before me was the fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, 
and it had 10 horns. Hmm. And that's important to remember, 10 horns. Um, and so Daniel goes on and it says in verse 8, it says, uh, while I was thinking about the horns, so he's the horns stood out to him in this vision of this crazy beast with 10, Ten horns. horns. He I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, and it says, uh, which came up from among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it, and it says, uh, uh, this horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Mm. So the little horn there, most theologians believe, the little horn that comes up out of the ten, disrupts three of them, uh, he is got eyes like a man and speaks boastfully, that little horn is the antichrist, is what <laughs> they would say. What's cool about Daniel, though, is uh, he looks at that point, because remember, he's having a vision, he's in the heavenlies. He looks and he sees now God coming on his throne, and then he sees Jesus come, the Son of Man come on a cloud. And I love what it says about Jesus, because if you go, just go down to verse 14, it says he was, this is speaking of Jesus it, 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 it's the Son of Man. And it says, He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All people, all nations, and men of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Hmm. And so, in the middle of, of seeing all of this horrible, you know, these beasts rise up out of the sea, and then finally seeing a final beast rise up and then uh, and then the final ruler of the final beast of time of all you know mankind rule you know on earth yeah he then sees god and then he sees the son of god or the son of man and in that vision he sees this powerful proclamation of he's got all authority every every knee will bow every tongue's going to confess and worship him and he's going to have no end to his dominion and his authority and i just love how that's like kind of placed in the middle yeah to kind of give comfort or reassurance that yeah yeah and then then as you move on in daniel chapter 7 uh, starting in verse 15 it begins an interpretation of of all these beasts right and so i'll spare i won't read a bunch of that but um but he, he in verse 19 he says then i wanted to know the meaning of the fourth beast which was different from all the others and most terrifying with its iron teeth and bronze claws. It's interesting that they mention iron teeth and bronze claws. And this is something, too, that we need to talk about. There's a lot of confusion about this stuff because people don't understand how to interpret the Bible properly. They interpret really bizarrely. Um, They'll use different methods. They'll use different um, tactics of interpretation. And I think there's some really safe ways to interpret the Bible in general, but when it comes to prophecy in particular, there's some really great ways to, that are safe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of those ways that do it is the law of first uh, a mention, I guess is what you would call it, but what, whatever was mentioned first in there. And then there's also um, consistency. Right. So you let the Bible you know, prove itself, let right. it speak for itself. And so when you talk about iron and you talk about bronze, bronze and is symbolic well, of sin. I just want to say one point to what you just said about letting the Bible interpret itself. Yeah. Or, which is, again, I think we talked about it like in a Western view that it's easy for us to, because um, if you don't know your Bible that well, Daniel's in the Old Testament. Right. So, um, 
and again, it's easy for us to see now that we have the completed book, you know what I mean? So that the difference between the Old and New Testament is, you know, depending on where you, you are, a couple hundred pages maybe. So you can just read it and go, oh, you put do 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 and pick it out all like this. But he was prophesying things like hundreds of years, like st- way before things happened that now we can look back and try to use uh, – like our vantage point of trying to fill in. Right. We're like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you have to keep in mind that he's, uh, yeah, that it's like ancient and there's time pass and, you know, stuff like that. When you, uh, not just with Daniel in particular, but, you know, but yeah. when you're interpreting the Bible, you have to remember and, you know, for consistency's sake and look back and see where they believed that this was, you know, where they say, you know, where they refer back to old stuff. Yeah. You have to take them at their word because they knew the stuff. And it's not just like a linear, it is a linear book, but it's not like a, you know, there's hundreds and thousands of years in between so, some of the stuff was written. Yeah. And so, um, and that brings up a great point. Like one of the, and maybe, maybe we should take a moment to just talk about interpretation for a minute. Yeah. Like um, they, they have one aspect called near far prophecy. In other words, it's a double meaning. In other words, Isaiah may speak to the nation of Israel, and I don't, since I wasn't planning this, I don't have a great yeah. example, but I can explain what it means. And and then if you're listening, you can go, you can go and research it. But essentially, like for instance, Isaiah would say to the nation of Israel a specific prophecy for them, but it actually holds a promise down the road, way down the road. Mm-hmm. But it applies to them in that moment as well. So it's both. It's near and far. At the same, yeah. Right. And some prophecies are near, and some are far, and some are near and far. Mm-hmm. You understand? So some are legitimately, this is going to happen in a faraway time. Right. And other ones, this is both applicable and one's close. And so that's one way that you have to discern too. Was this uh, was this spoken in Daniel, meaning, like, because some of these things in Daniel chapter 7 have already happened. In fact, right. three of the four beasts have already happened. Mm-hmm. And we know this because we look back historically, yeah. Yeah. right? So we can, history's proven them out. So they were the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire. They, they were these, one of those two beasts, you know, and um, and so we understand that. But some people interpret prophecies and they, they don't even, they kind of look at different signs and they try and apply the signs to prophecy, for instance, and I mistakenly have fallen for this myself um, over the years. Um, like one that I know about is the Jewish feasts. So Jesus died at Passover uh, on the Passover lamb, right? He was the Passover lamb. He died when they would have been sacrificing the lambs for Passover as our Passover lamb, as mm-hmm. our sacrifice, right? This is hugely symbolic, especially for a Jewish person. Then he pours out the Holy Spirit on the church at Pentecost, which is the the next feast. It was 50 days after Passover mm-hmm. is Pentecost, which we get the word Penta, 50, right? Yeah. Okay, very great. So it's a, <laughs> then the next feast that would come in the line of feasts, because they had required feasts every year, the next feast is the Feast of Trumpets. And so I've heard people preach, and I believed this for a long time. I'm not sure I believe it now. But I believe that um, that the Feast of Trumpets was symbolic of the rapture. Hmm. And so what people mistakenly do is they say, oh, well, the Feast of Trumpets is the next feast. And when is the Feast of Trumpets in the Jewish calendar supposed to be? 
And so then they say, oh, well, maybe we have a clue as to when the rapture is going to happen. The, uh, there's so many problems with that interpretation right. method. Um, number one, uh, most people don't realize this, but the calendar, and they do this, like one of the earliest debates ever in the church, in the early church, was when was Jesus born and when did he die? Right. Like, did did we have all, like Easter, when do we celebrate Christmas? When do we celebrate Easter, right? And we've settled into tradition. In fact, Christmas, which is the birth of Jesus, isn't even... It isn't even realistically the birth. And there's a problem with this because you had two different calendars being used at the same time, and they're very different. Right. The Jewish calendar was a lunar calendar, and if I'm not mistaken, they had to add a day every few months or something like that. Then you had the Roman calendar, which based was based on the solstice, which is the sun mm-hmm. and the seasons, and it was very different than the lunar and they're both reliable in their own way, but they're also both aren't perfect. Right. And then you have the problem of when Israel went into captivity into Babylon for 70 years, all of that stuff was changed. And they had to be they had to adopt the Babylonian system of timekeeping and all of that in the calendar. So when they came back in, they had lost all their original. And so even the dates and the feasts and all that stuff were off. Right, right. So now you can't even rely on that. You can't even rely on those. Like, we don't, we can't use that calendar. It's not the same original dates. Right. And I was going to say that uh, that's one of the other things when you start that uh, maybe we'll touch on. It's probably not worth touching on. Um, But I think we'll be, we're going to try to keep it really. we're going to really try not to like name names as to like who this is the antichrist or oh, right. this yeah, is yeah. when the an, this is when the the rapture is going to happen because people have also been doing that using calendars and trying to figure out math and like <laughs> Barack Obama Barack Obama right? yeah. they're using like, the, the language that yeah. seems pretty i mean that if you didn't know that seems pretty clear yeah you know i mean <laughs> Jesus said that you know um and the fact that uh, Barack Obama also changed his name to Barack Obama, right? So it was. So it's le- what, what was Barry what? Sotero? That's right, Barry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, you'd look at that and go, "Oh, well, why, why did he change his name?" Well, obviously, because right, he's the Antichrist, he's you know, and Jesus said it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the point is, is you know, um, we 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 we're even told that we won't know the day. Or when right. it's going to happen. Jesus, so don't, doesn't, Jesus doesn't even know. <laughs> right. So don't, uh, don't, uh, don't fall for using these calendars and trying to figure out, you know, right when the day is going to, you know, like yeah. figure out the math. So I guess the whole point of this podcast <laughs> is useless then, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, absolutely it's, useless. It's useless. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Come on. Leave me alone, you idiot. <laughs> I have to. I keep forgetting that they're there and I'm going to use them. Oh, Okay, uh, so get back to, yes. to Daniel. All right, Daniel. So here we are in Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> the interpretation. And so he says, I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast. So he's asked, he actually, it says that he was troubled in spirit and his mind was disturbed. And so he approached one of those standing there. So the one of those standing there was probably an angel or it was Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, I, I want to know the true meaning of this fourth beast. And it says... He says, I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up before, which uh, came up before the three of them fell off. 
and that looked more imposing than the others. And it had eyes and it spoke in a mouth and it spoke boastfully. And I, and as I watched this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them, man, And it says, until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints Mm. of the Most High, and the time came when they they possessed the kingdom. So, these saints possess a kingdom, and they're going to be pronounced uh, judgments on him, and the favor is on them, on on the saints. So, So, the judgment will be on the horn, but the favor will be on the saints. Right. But they're going to be go, go through some hard stuff. And it says, he gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. And after them, another king will arise different from the earlier ones. He will subdue the three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress the saints and try to change the set times in the laws. The saint, the saints, remember, he'll try to change the set times and the laws. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Got to make note of those kind of key words there. Yeah. The saints will be handed over to him for a time and times and a half a time. Uh, but the court will sit and his power will be taken away. And completely destroyed forever. So that court would actually be God's court, not not some earthly court. Right. Yeah. And uh, and it says, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints and the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and and his rulers and all rulers will worship and obey him. This is the end of the matter. I Daniel was deeply troubled by my thoughts, and my face turned pale but I kept the matter to myself. How do you do that? Right. <laughs> um, so so the fourth beast is going to be a coalition of 10 nations that are going to come together because the other beasts represented nations. Right. So um, so it's going to be, it's going to rule the entire earth, crush it. I, I, what it says in there about the earth, how it's going to crush the earth and... Um, it's going to be different because it's going to devour the earth, trampling it down and crushing it. Mm-hmm. And so the first thought that I that I come to is globalism. Right. Yeah. That, right? I was just going to say that. We, yeah. we, we've been talking about globalism since one of our earliest podcasts. Yeah. And so you can go back and you can listen to that if you want, the, the origins of globalism. And it's a system that's been put in place from Babylon, Genesis 6, and it's just been threading its way through history. Mm-hmm. And it gets, it has roots. And the, the best way to describe it, like, do you, do you know what bamboo, how bamboo is, how it works? S- sort of. I'm going to give you my own <laughs> okay. vision. Okay. There's my Go own ahead. vision. Yeah. So bamboo is one of the hardest uh, trees to kill mm-hmm. because the way it works is it goes across the ground un- just underneath and it sends its roots down in various places. So you can cut the stock that comes up, but it, it has all of these roots that go out across. Right. Sorry, the Coke Zero. That was the Coke Zero speaking. Um, so bamboo is really hard, and I look at at the mystery Babylon that it's spoken of in Revelation. This this ideology, this world, this you know antichrist religion, mm-hmm. this man dominated philosophy, um, as kind of just threading its way through history, and it throws roots down in different places in history, and it's just very difficult to uproot. Right. And the only way it's going to be uprooted is when God 
Christ finally comes right. and just yeah. establishes because then it's all going to get burned up. Right. Um, but I was going to say, yeah, going back to the globalism and the 10 nation confederation that's going to uh, rule over all of the world. Yeah. Basically. Um, or not basically, but yeah. It, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's like, um, I kind of rolled my eyes, you know, when, uh, um, when people would say, you know, like he's a globalist or she's a globalist and, you know, yeah. um, I always took that as, um, I guess maybe cause I just heard it so much that the word became a lot less meaningful, so to speak. I just equate that to like, you know, liberalism and I don't like liberalism. I don't like socialism. And those are all collective collectivist, you know, ideologies and they don't, and don't like the term nationalist either. <laughs> I'm not a nationalist. I'm an, uh, um, that is Mark. Uh, uh, I'm an Americanist. Americanist. You know, you know Ameri- Patriot. Yeah. But you know, I'm not a nationalist. I, I don't, I don't care about every na- you know, nation. I care about America. Yeah. That's, that's what I care about. Yeah. You know, so I won't, that's just a little nitpicky, but it's important, you know, to really kind of, maybe we can reclaim the term globalist. Um, so when it's thrown out, like when Christians, you know, prophets, people that talk about this kind of stuff, yeah, say it, like this is a very real thing. It's in the butt. Like this is what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be this. You know, it kind of set up like the UN is maybe a precursor to it. We can get more into that. We'll probably do a whole episode on stuff like that. But um, you know, globalism is deeply it's it's the you know the um politics of satan you know it's yeah. his political system so it it's the one world government right i mean that's ultimately what yeah yeah what it is um when you get into revelation 13 mm-hmm. john has this vision <laughs> and this is crazy because we're talking probably 700 years between daniel and john right and it says here uh I saw in chapter 13 of Revelation, he says, I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had 10 horns and seven heads with 10 crowns on its horns. So those crowns are talking about nations. They're, right. There's rulers of those nations. And it says, and the beast I saw resembled a leopard and had feet like those of a bear and mouth like that of a lion. So it's a blending of all those other visions that Daniel mm-hmm. has. How just... This is just incredible. Yeah. Just the time span between the two prophecies, the two visions. Mm-hmm. Like think about the consistency that God has in this and then what right. he's showing them. And and what this is telling us is that this beast that's going to come out of the sea from Daniel 13 here in Revelation thir- or Daniel 7 and Revelation 13 is uh it's going to be a conglomerate of nations that are going to come together and then the rule. antichrist and he'll rule them. He'll rule them. Yeah. So that's where it- goes back to and the Antichrist. It, and it seems like there's going to be some opposition to him ruling because the three horns are going to get overpowered by him. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if maybe that's a coalition of like, say for instance, it's some European nation or whatever, like England and Germany and, uh, you know. Poland. Poland, yeah. <laughs> they, they resist, but then they're not going to be able to fight it. Yeah. Um, and the reason, this is the thing. You have to remember too, this is, these are the sovereign words of God. So we can't stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. We can maybe slow it down. One thing I do know is that we can speed up the coming of Christ in the rapture. 
it actually says you can speed it up by encouraging one another with these words yeah. in the reference to our eternal home and the rapture and all of that and spread the get kingdom. The, get the number. Yeah. Get the number going. Get the number going. Um, the beast, you mean the number of the beast? No, 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 no. Oh. the number of the saved. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you mean for the Gentile, yeah, when the yeah. fullness of the Gentiles comes in. You know, I heard an awesome, uh, 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 I heard this guy talking about it. He says, if every, it's, he says, math is on our side for the spreading of the gospel. He's like, if every believer would share the gospel with one person and bring them to Christ, he says in 20 years, the entire earth would be, could be completely converted. Yeah. If every believer just would share it with one person, just make it your goal this year to lead one person to Christ. And then you're done for the rest of your life. (laughs) You're done. You've done your work. But what if you could do 10? Right. Like you could speed it up. Right. And so that's, that's my kind of my point there. Yeah. So, some of the aspects of this Antichrist, some of the character traits is he's also called the beast here, you know, in Revelation. Um, he's going to be, I, I think he's going to be um, the con- in contrast to Jesus. So think about Jesus ruling and think about the Antichrist ruling. The Antichrist is going to demand worship. He's going to demand to be recognized. Jesus shows up and people fall down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't help it. They just fall down. Because his glory is magnificent, majesty, all of that, which we can't even comprehend on this earth. Like, yeah. But you're going to see it, and it's going to be amazing. Um, so uh, Jesus is gentle and long-suffering. The, I think the Antichrist is going to be demanding and short on patience. He's going to want what he wants, and he's going to kind of – I think these things are going to be kind of his character traits. Right. Uh, he'll probably be very, very intelligent. I think he's going to probably have a level of, um, of his words, the way he speaks, to deceive – and to bring uh, people into a false idea uh, with his words, and, right. which is very crafty and cunning, aka Satan, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So he's going to have that. Um, we know that he won't be a Jewish. We know that he'll be a Gentile because the beast that rises up out of the sea is not a Jewish. It's not anything to do with the Jews. Mm-hmm. It's actually a Gentile nations that are all you know opposed to the Jews. So we know that he'll be a. If anyone tries to tell you, oh, the Antichrist will be a Jew, uh, Scripture doesn't really point to that. I mean, there is a very, very slim possibility, but it's not likely. Right. It's not very likely at all. Um, so uh, we know that he'll he'll be a Gentile. I think, uh, actually, I got a verse here, uh, Revelation 17, verse 5. I'm just going to read it real quick because that is in reference to that Gentile. Um, it says... Uh, in verse 5, this is the title written on her forehead, Mystery Babylon the Great, the Mother of Prostitutes and the Abominations of the Earth. And so that's his, that's his, that's going to be his legacy. And it's Abominations of the Earth and it's Mystery Babylon, which is certainly not Jewish. So um, he's going to have a lot of power. Those those ten horns and the seven heads that you, we talk about in, uh, in Daniel 7 and Revelation 13. Uh, it, it's going to be, they're going to become symbols of power and mm-hmm. they're going to dominate and over, overrule other kingdoms. I was going to say, I found um, one of the things he'll, so he's going to, this 10 nation confederation, and everything is going to have a very strong military. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Daniel seven, six, I think you wrote after that, I looked and there before me was another beast. And that one looked like a leopard. Um on its back had four wings like those of a bird, and the beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. Mm. Yeah, so it's you think about a take, leopard, right? What's a leopard like as a beast? It's very fast. It's and, agile. It's yeah. a hunter. 
right? And, uh, uh, and you line that up with like Revelation, what you read thir- thirteen two, with the dragon, the leopard, the bear, the lion, and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's gonna be, you know, he's gonna have tons of power. Yeah, and he's gonna have tons of power for a period of time. Right. Which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's great that it's not gonna last forever. Um, we also know. That um, the Antichrist will, he'll, those those ten that ten kingdom confederate or whatever confederacy or whatever it will yeah. be a it'll be a rise of the ancient Roman Empire, so it's going to have its roots in that ancient Roman kind of revived of Roman Empire. So probably Europe. I mean, so <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking that because that's where it comes out of. And you know, listen, I don't want to offend anyone in particular, and I and I know there's arguments on both side of the sides mm-hmm. of this, but for anyone listening that falls in the Roman Catholic, you know, faith, <laughs> yeah. I just have to say it that it's likely that the Roman Catholic Church will be very deceived, mm. and um, you know, so I would just say, hey, look, I don't have anything against you as a Roman Catholic. I appreciate you know your faith and all of that, but I would examine it. And examine what the church is doing and teaching. Yeah, I was going to say, um, that's a lot of the stuff. I think we touched on the beginning, um, you know, as to people point um, right at, you know, like, oh, it's going to be him or him or him. Right. And uh, what is it? Pope Benedict, whatever he is right now. That Yeah, the whatever, latest pope. Yeah. Um, no, I meant like whatever he is, the number wise, the second or whatever he is. Right, yeah. Like a lot of people have pointed to him too. Because he comes in and um, so he probably, I mean. He's a very liberal guy. Yeah. I mean, in all, in all honesty, like, I mean, he's extremely liberal and he's also. A globalist. He's a globalist. Yeah. And so he's kind of playing into that one world government's hands. Yeah. And so one of the aspects of the one world government, this is why I brought this up because mm-hmm. it's on my little list of stuff here. Uh, one of the aspects of the one world government is that it's going to also have a one world religion. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to have to, and this is where Christianity doesn't play nice. Right. Right? Well, we, we don't. I was going to bring up a point after you say that, but go ahead. Sure. So where it's going to take an apostate church that is willing to sacrifice the tr- the one single truth of salvation in Christ alone. He's the only way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the, that is the gospel. There is one way to heaven. In fact, Revelation opens up with a vision of Jesus, Jesus alone, right? And he calls himself the door. Right. And so there's, they're going to have to give that up so that they can adopt other ways and routes to heaven. And you see this happening in the church all over the place. Like, sadly, you just see this these apostate beliefs that are being slowly creeping in and uh, stealing away the one true truth. The one true truth. Is that even... The, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to say that. Anyways, so I think this is where I get... And look, man, I... I have friends that are Catholic. They're friends. Like I love them dearly. I, I do too. And I'm not so I'm not criticizing these individuals because they. This is the greatest thing about Christ is that it's individualized faith. Mm-hmm. It's not faith in a group. It's faith in Him. So you can have people that you know may be in that system, but truly have real faith, and they may depart. They're going to be forced to make a decision to depart from that at some point, probably. Yeah. If that ends up being the the false religion or the apostate religion, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted what you had said about, you know, where Christianity does not play nice. Yeah. And maybe just cause we're doing it. And uh, so I have to re it's not Pope Benedict. Uh, it's Pope Francis is the one we have right now. Okay. Or they have right now. Um, so I just saw this literally 
this week, last week, Pope Francis and an imam signed a covenant, mm. um, which was it was uh, an interfaith brotherhood. Yeah. Um, mm. And so I was going to say I have a lot of uh, not a lot of but a good number of they call them rad trads, <laughs> radical traditionalists. Cool. I like uh, that. Catholics that are like super conservative and read their Bible and they school me on a lot of stuff. Uh, awesome. Um, but I was going to say, yeah, so they, um, there are people that, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to speak for them and say they don't like Pope Francis or they don't like, I guess you can, they would, I'm going to say for him. it seems like they don't like the way he's going. Yeah. So there is hope. And like look, what, like what you had said, as but pro- he's as doing bad stuff. Like this is right. You, well, look, I mean, I, what I was gonna say is like, as Protestants, we have no, like, I mean, yeah, look, all you got to do is, <laughs> all I have to do is go look down the corner church and find the next guy that fell yeah, yeah, or whatever. Um, so we don't have any much room to talk. And this is why, but this is why it's, it's cause it's, it's human, it's fallen humans trying yeah. to serve a living holy God, right? And we're just yeah. going to screw it up every time. But, yeah. Um, um, so, but I, to sum it up, I heard it, it spoken really well um, by someone I respect. Um, and she had said that she didn't think the, uh, you know, the, the current Pope is the antichrist or anything. Um, but she said that this is definitely gonna, is not good. Like this is signs that we're in the end times. We're coming there when you have a Pope that does open the way for an apostate, you know, for, um, he just kind of bends to the culture. So it's, it's not good. Yeah. And and uh, look, man, there's a guy that we haven't talked about yet. We're gonna do an episode on <laughs> called the False Prophet. I'm just gonna say it, you know. Yeah. yeah. It, prophets re- represent religious systems. So, all right. So, global global power, one world government. The Antichrist is gonna be key in that. He's gonna lead that, rule that, push for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm gonna. We're not gonna name who we think the Antichrist, but you and I have listened to a podcast by someone that we both. Oh, I've got a list of. For of, that of names, or no, no, I've got a list that. for the person that we're both thinking of. Yeah, and I didn't even know this until this person mentioned it. I don't even want to get. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get. We'll come back to that later. Okay, okay. So uh, another thing is that's going to be outstanding about the the old Antichrist. There is that he's going to commit blasphemy, like the unforgivable sin, like mm-hmm. openly, and uh, he's going. He will have blasphemous names upon his head. Crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that's really awesome is that we're told that in Christianity, when you become a believer, that God gives you a new name, he actually writes your name on your forehead. And so you have, like, you're not going to be Rosie. I'm not going to be Turner. When we get to heaven, we're going to have the new a new name with our new body and all that. And God's going to write it on his, write it on our forehead and, and, and your palm and our palms. So right. contrast that with the Antichrist. One of the things that he's going to push forward in the one world government is the mark of the beast. The beast is the system of rule. Right. So a lot of people think the beast is another, like you got the false prophet, the Antichrist and the beast, like they're three different individuals. The beast is the system. The beast is that false religion and that government system all working together and against Christ, against the truth, literally to the point of death. Right. And so one of the things it says is that he's going to have blasphemous name on his head. In other words, his forehead will have blasphemous name. Ours will have the name of God as believers. Think of the contrast there, just how yeah. incredible that is, man. I mean, I just, it's so, it's so, he's such a copycat. Like he's right. trying so hard and it just appears. 
Okay. Um, we know that he'll have a great army. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you were mentioning the oh, leopard. Yeah. We talked about the leopard. and, and uh, So the imagery from Daniel 7 is um, the swiftness, the cunningness, the agility of a, of a leopard, you know. Um, uh, it represents, uh, in the imagery in Daniel for the leopard is the, Grish, the Grecian Empire mm-hmm. under Alexander the Great. And what do we know about him? He conquered the world, yeah. the known world. Mm-hmm. You know, he was probably the greatest conqueror of the world at that point. Um, and I don't know if there's anybody, anyone. Genghis Khan? Maybe Genghis Khan. He had a pretty far-reaching empire as well. Yeah. But Alexander the Great, you know, for what he did and what and how he conquered. Yeah. And who he, he conquered civilized worlds. Right, yeah, yeah. Genghis Khan was kind of, you know, it's arguable. But yeah. anyways, um, so that's the army, the leopard, swift, strong, take you down. And I always think of the leopards, like when they chase down those deer, they always yeah. just kind of get it from behind, <laughs> you know, big old hands. By the way, did you see the news, that guy, that jogger that... Yeah, he fought <laughs> off a, what was it? It was uh, a mountain lion. A mountain lion with his hands, he just like strangled it? No, he he used his foot to strangle it. I read the article uh-huh. on it. He basically wrestled with it. It was only a year and a half old, and I think that's the reason the guy lived. Yeah. Because it probably only weighed about 140 pounds. Only 140 pounds, right? Yeah. right you know, but uh, it said that it he had uh, he heard rustling in the woods behind him. He turned around, he saw it jump down onto the trail, and he was like, "Oh, great!" And it started to chase him. It jumped at him. He ended up kind of deflecting it, but its claw went across his face, mm-hmm. caught him in the face and the in its lip and stuff. And he was wrestling around with it, keeping it off. He found a stick and was hitting it in a rock. He was hitting it with rocks. He finally realized he wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna leave him alone so he had to take action and he literally put his foot on its neck and stood on its neck and and just killed it that's crazy that is crazy he said in the article he was like i think i feel i feel like i should go buy lottery tickets because i feel (laughs) i feel like i've like somehow gotten i'm the luckiest person alive yeah yeah talk about a painful way to die too because those those mountain lions like if that was an older one Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have made it. No. Because they're trained. They, they've they taken down elk and stuff. They're not, a man isn't going to stop them like that. Yeah. He was lucky he was young. I think that, that's my assessment. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a veterinarian, <laughs> obviously. So the great army of the uh, Antichrist will be like a leopard. Cunning, swift, agile, powerful, strong. It's going to come around and do some world domination. Could do his bidding for him. Ah. <sighs> More guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fierce. He's gonna have a. he's gonna have fierce. It says that he will have feet like a bear's feet. This is what, what Revelation thirteen says. Um the bear in Daniel seven, because I'm kind of matching these up, is is Medo Persia. Hmm. So Daniel chapter seven is Medo Persia, and they were well known for the strength and fierceness in battle. Medo per the Persian Empire, right? They were yeah. fierce. You know, they had those swords. That's where we get our beheading from now. Mm. Isn't that interesting? And one of the aspects of the Antichrist is if you reject to worship him, you will be beheaded. Hmm. It's going to be like savagery. Yeah. Also know? Islam. I know. And so here's my thing. Like, like I don't want to, I don't want to say this will happen, but you're going to have to bring in, like Islam's a, a, a world religion. Christianity's a world religion. You know, mm-hmm. they're the two largest, you know, bidding right now, biding for power or whatever, even though, you know, it's arguable on how Islam's even growing, but uh, they have this practice. What if they keep that practice, but they they you know 
submit to the one world religion. Well, the other thing about Islam, just throwing this out there, it's not just a religious system. It's a political system right. as well. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to become the one world government, though. No. I just don't see that happening. I, I, I would be very surprised yeah. if it did. I mean, but again, they could use the, you know, he could use yeah. that. Yeah, it's true. Totally could. So, so it's going to be fierce, powerful army. Um, another aspect of the Antichrist is it talks about his mouth, his words. He's going to have a mouth like a lion. And uh, Revelation 13, 2 talks about that. Daniel speaks of it in se- chapter 7, verse 4. It says that he's going to have uh, a mouth like a lion. He, the, the lion-like qualities of power and strength. Uh, Babylon was known for its ability to move quickly like a lion. Such qualities will characterize the Antichrist. So his words are going to be able to change things very quickly. Right. Make treaties can, and deceive people. That's really what it's going to come down to. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and if you look at Babylon, where Daniel was in that time, they were the most powerful nation. God raised them up, most powerful nation in the world at that time. God raised them up. He actually prophesied, yeah. I'm raising them up so that they can beat the Medo-Persians, and then I'll take you in Babylon. And that's exactly what God did. Mm-hmm. So crazy, dude. Yeah. God, this is the God we serve. And this is what I was actually, before you came over, I was reading in Daniel and Revelation, and it just struck me in this, like, God, why did you save me into <laughs> this? Like, why did you have mercy on me? Like, I was just a loser. Why yeah, did you, I was too. Like, why did you invite me in? To, why do I get to be in on the winning side of this thing? Yeah. Like, how awesome is that? It, and the crazy thing is anyone can be on the winning side. They just have to just trust in the Lord. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like... <laughs> If you really want to get serious, just start reading Daniel seven and Revelation thirteen. You'll get you'll have some come to Jesus moments. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe one of the good things from talking about all the well, even just how we set it up in the first episode. There's bad stuff coming that uh, I know. Even for that alone, you might want to look into it. You might want just we're just gonna say you might want to look into Christianity. Give it a give it a look if you don't want to. Hey, go through. All the, I've never. I mean, I don't want to say that like. You know, just put your, just say it to it's not, avoid it. It's but. not fire insurance, that's for sure. Yeah. It's eternal salvation. Yeah. It's like way better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like the insurance with the payout all at, all at once. Yeah. But think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give it a thought. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've only got a couple more traits of the of the Antichrist here. Okay. One, is, one is that Satan, literally Satan, um, it's going to, the dragon is going to give him power. Mm-hmm. So he will be possessed by Satan. And he, oh, so I assume with that he'll have extra uh he'll have some authority. I was going to say power mm-hmm. of that, you know, we do miracles and he'll he's going not to, miracles, but you know, I guess in this in the strict sense of the word, you know, he'll so perform stuff. Some things are going to happen. You got to remember he wants to mock the truth. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to he's going to copy the truth. Uh, one of the things that he's going to do is he's, there's going to be a, a you know a pseudo resurrection from the dead. Mm. He's going to receive a, a, a mortal wound to his head, and uh, Revelation thirteen three speaks of it. And then some people believe that this mortal wound refers to um, to he's going to there's an attempt on his life, an assassination on his life, and he's go, he's going to be as dead, but then no longer dead. So they don't outright say he resurrects from the dead, but if you're going to mock Christ, 
what is the power behind Christ who makes him who he is? The affirming power of Christ is that he rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's the claim that we get to hang on to, that he is God because he overcame death, mm-hmm. right? Nobody else can do that. So there's going to be some power that he's going to have that he may resurrect from the dead. Or uh, at least. Or at least or it'll appear. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things if you get sh- – and trying to think of it in a practical sense, right. you know, you get shot in the head, right? And everyone sees it, yeah. You know, because assuming, okay, so if it's an assassination or attempt or something like that, it's going to be out in the open because the Antichrist is going to want to prove, right? He'll in a in sense, so it'll happen in public, Probably. and um, you know, if people see him take two shots in the head, yeah. And then he, you know, <laughs> bleeds out and then gets back up or, you know, somehow it's not, oh man, is that what left behind? Is that what they yes, did? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. But. I'm not, like, I don't, I think I saw the movie Left Behind. I can't yeah. I didn't read the books, but I. Neither did I. Um, but I, I think I did see that. So I'm not stealing it from them, but that's what I thought of. I mean, it's a good practical way of, you know, trying to think about how to. What's going what, what might happen? So Revelation thirteen fourteen says, uh, it says that he, the beast was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Okay. So it's a sword, but that's a weapon. They didn't have guns. Mm-hmm. It could, you know, I mean, obviously it could be a gunshot, um, you know, at this point, but um, man, it's just, you think about these things that are going to be connected to this antichrist and what he's going to do and what he's going to go through. Like he's very smart. He's going to be very cunning. He's going to have some power. He's going to be possessed by Satan. He's going to bring the world into one delusional government where he's going to be in control. Like kind of in the in, and I think that even with that, it just blows my mind because it's like we want one world government. We want like I keep hearing people talk about how good a one world government would be, mm-hmm. and um, but who's going to make the rules? Like. You know, and this is like, okay, let me just make it practical for just a minute how they're trying to set it up. Mm-hmm. Immigration. This is a big thing. When you have one world government, you move all the borders. Guess what? People can move freely from country to country. Freely, I say in quotes, because it's not, not, it's not likely that they would permit that to happen too often because they want to keep their people in their place, right, to keep control because it's yeah. all about control. But um, you can't. If you have a nationalist country, they're not going to play by those rules, right? They're going to build walls. They're going to have strong immigration policies. And what's going to happen, it's going to become a safe haven. People are going to want to be there. And so when you think about the whole emergence of this one world government, it's going to have to have some of these things happen. Mm -hmm. It's just so bizarre to think about, like how we are prime for this to happen. We're prime, dude. Like our... Our world right now is very, very close, in my opinion, to the revel- revealing of the Antichrist. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting when you're talking about, like, who's going to rule or, you know, the European – I just immediately go to the European Union because that's the best um, way to think about it Yeah, um, for me. And I, I was actually living in Europe when it um, – I think it, well, at least when we adopted the Euro. I can't remember when, but it was fairly shortly after when they um, – Started to implement some of the changes. For like of, the UN or for the EU or whatever? The EU. What did I say? Uh, yeah, I said... Uh, EU. I don't know. I was reading something, so I was oh, listening, okay. but reading yeah. at the same but, time. Yeah, so the EU, the European Union, uh, when they started doing that, like you didn't need a uh, a passport to go to the different countries. And it, like you can look at that and go like, oh, it makes sense because if I'm in Spain, yeah, 
literally, I can drive four hours and right. be in, uh, <laughs> my well, geography is terrible, yeah. but you know, like I can Italy, be in Germany right, or yeah. something that's completely different. It has a completely different, um, government. I mean, yeah. Spanish people don't look like Germans right. and Germans don't look like Norwegians and all this stuff. But anyway, like you can see it now that because of immigration as a thing, and you know what we talked about, the three horns mm -hmm. that, that spouted up and maybe who's, who's it going to be? You look at things now like Brexit. Yeah. And you look at these countries that are like Poland. I keep, I love Poland because yeah. that, but you know, they're saying, and there's a lot of other countries that do have borders or, you know, hardcore fences. Yeah. Um, just as an Most aside. Most of them were kind of like Cold War era. Yeah. Eastern European, stuff. but yeah. the, a lot of the like Eastern Europeans are all like, we don't want this mass immigration right. of that's being forced. Yeah. You know, it seems like it's very forced to, um, you know, bring in people, you know, that's what, that's what happens when you have this government. They, they just start saying, um, they literally, it's a well, non, it's, it's, it's a non, um, it's a non-military army. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. They're just invading a country, taking over and changing their laws. Yeah. And it's all because you have open border. No, no. Well, it's only like a couple people. Like all it takes, for example, in Germany, Angela Merkel. Yeah. She just says, yeah, uh, I want to do this. We're going to, or, you know, and she gets enough people to agree. They have She's, she's prime minister, so they have a parliament. So, you yeah. know, that system's different than- But they hate her now. Right. The people do. Yeah. Because they're, they're the ones that have to suffer from the results. Right. So, again, you're going to have this stuff. And I think Poland is, they call it like Plexit or something. <laughs> they're moving. They really don't like, uh, because, you know, they're strong and they're nationalists and they Poland first and stuff like that. So, you can start seeing the splintering and, you know, if you want to look at a microcosm- just look at Europe right now, what it's going to be. Right. You yeah. know, it's not even a one Europe yet because they all have their own countries. Now, and now you but, have the like the yellow vests. Yeah. And they're rising up and, and you have Brexit, which they keep voting on it and, <laughs> and the people want it. Yeah. It's the most annoying thing ever. I think they're going to eventually get it. I, th I think so. Yeah. I think eventually they'll they'll break out of the UN or the EU. I mean, I mean, and if the if the people don't revolt or something, and, you know, I mean, it's well, it might result in that if they don't. Yeah. So I mean, I, but the whole point that what I was trying to make of that is you just look at the chaos that's happening over there. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna, and then imagine a global scale. Oh my gosh. Western Europe and like where all this stuff's happening, can is, like probably the land mass is like a third of the United States. Oh, yeah, you right, know what I mean? So right. there's all this different crazy stuff happening. And it, the other side of it too is the finances. Like the, a yeah. lot of money, they have control a ton of the economy of the world in yeah. that, that part, you know, of the of the world, you know, so like over a majority of the world. Yeah. So you got that playing into Globalist it well. banking systems and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, the IMF and... Right. Yeah. And so. this is... And, and, and so, like, and this is why we did the Chinese social credit, you know, episode that we did because that plays into it as well. Because mm -hmm. people, I was reading an article. Uh, um, I don't particularly like this woman, you know, necessarily, but she, but as an example, um, Laura Loomer, I think is how you say it. Yeah, you know, she's this rat. She's really pro-Israel, and she like she'll she'll just she does these crazy yeah. stunts i don't i don't know how to describe her she's an activist or whatever yeah, yeah. very conservative i suppose but she's been literally kicked off of every social media platform and even paypal mm -hmm. 
So now she can't even like operate financially. And this is exactly what the social credit system, the Chinese social credit system was designed to do. Take someone who's disruptive and penalize them for their... And make them a non-person, basically. Yeah. So now she... Because she's... I don't think she's banned from Instagram, but she's off of literally everything else. Yeah. And so she... she you know, I f- happen to follow her on Instagram and she's like every day like, hey, help me, help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's in a... You know, she at one point was very... Was doing really well, I guess, financially too, um, you know, based on that stuff. But anyways, that's just like a... I'm using that as an example of what mm-hmm. could happen once they start having control of all these things. That one world government sits in, sets, gets set in place, and then the finances, it's one world currency, and then it's one world religion. If you don't get in line, you're going to suffer greatly. Yeah, You may not be able to buy things. You may not be able to sell. You may not be able to provide for your family. And I was going to say, kind of as when you're thinking of this kind of stuff, and you're looking at like the technology, and I, I was thinking on the way here about the past episodes, and maybe we can do a whole, whole one about technology and how it's going to play out. But yeah, um, I was going to say you look at yeah you know, the Chinese social credit system, and um, you know the we're living in a surveillance state everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean in the United States, every, are, the United yeah. States, Western Europe. Um, you know we're we're. I mean, even if it's not through the government, you know, your cell phone is tracking you everywhere. You know, the, these big companies, the, the power is there yeah. to track you and stuff like that. All they like do that. is flip the switch. Right. Yeah. So. Or get the law passed that says they can right. do it. So I'm going to go out on a little bit of a conspiracy thing like that. Yeah. Um, but when you think of the, 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 when the Antichrist comes to power and he has, he's ruling over this thing and we've basically um, become... I mean, <laughs> as a way to think of it, you know, if we don't have a chip in us right now, right? you know, we don't have, you know, the mark of the beast, the chip, we're carrying around a chip that lets us, in the form of a cell phone that tracks us everywhere, mm-hmm. it lets us buy and sell, you know, like all these things. So, you know, you can start seeing very uh, limited or primitive as to what it's going to be Yeah, um, systems that a government could use. Um, so just think about this. If you have an Amazon Echo or whatever it is in your house, and all of a sudden in your private house it hears you talking about Christianity or you're having an underground Bible study and you have this stuff in your house during these times, you know, this stuff's going to be able to pick up your smart – so you got a smart TV that's capturing – Oh, dude, you got to unplug everything. <laughs> who, yeah. So you're having a Bible study, right? The TV – maybe you're doing it in the living room. You have a TV in the living room. Yeah. It's looking because – the smart TVs do this. Yeah. They, this is, you know, stuff that they've said that they, they can count how many people there are, you know, and you just think in the future, five years from now. Facial recognition. It's going to have facial recognitions. Yeah. It's going to have voice stuff from your Alexa or whatever. It's going to find out, okay, these people are meeting right here. They're in this house. They're having a Bible study. We need to cut them off. They're, they're you know, rebelling. Even if they're doing it in secret. Yeah. They're rebelling. Yeah. yeah. And then it's going to take their families. Because yeah. we would assume that, you know, so anyways, that's a whole tangent. Wickedness but, and evil. No, I could, that's a very real so scenario. So it's going to be, again, very, in a practical sense, it's going to be very scary to be Christian and it's eventually going to be outlawed during this time. Yeah. And uh, so here's the, here's what most, so there's two things I want to, because we've been going for about an hour now. Okay. Yeah. So two things, one is the rapture and the other is 
who the the guy that you and I have heard who could be this yeah. possible antichrist. I don't like to name names. I don't like. I, I, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna it's do kinda it. Fun. We're gonna do it because I didn't actually name this name, and someone else did. And <laughs> yeah. so when they explained why, though, I was like, "Well, wow, that has a lot of that has a lot of weight to it." Yeah. Um. So the rapture is the possibility of kicking off. So if you have a nation, like say, all right, so love them or hate them, love them or hate them. Okay, <laughs> Donald Trump. You know, he's one of those guys that is he's what he's trying to do for our nation right now is set us apart and it's nationalist you know in the terminology yeah but he doesn't want to be a globalist he's literally said i'm anti-globalist you know we're in a cyber world this is now a cyber world we're in a cyber world right we have to be very careful right anyways uh (laughs) but my point in is this is that um that the only like we could stand in the way you know our nation our army's strong enough our nation could rally in such a way that we could stand in the way of the one world government. So what's the one thing that could remove that from happening? Well, obviously, if we have a, a regime change for our government mm-hmm. and it becomes a globalist government again, like Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton Well, I was going to say, that's one of those things that you can tell that, may, that we have a little bit more time. Yeah. Because you look back at that election, Hillary Clinton was supposed to win. Right. Even though she's the worst candidate that's ever run for office ever, right? right in American politics, one, one of the worst political. Right, persons. she is a hardcore globalist, and yeah. so when you look at the election, and I hate saying this because I hate when people are like, you know, God Emperor Trump, and you know he's on, you know, all these boomer memes oh, yeah, where yeah. they're like, you know, God, he's on a mission here, um, all this stuff. When you look at it, God was looking at it, and he was looking at Hillary Clinton. I think. And he's like, not yet. You know, we're going to, we're going to, not yet. Right. So, so Hillary Clinton, you know, if Hillary would have won and all this stuff, you oh, know, yeah. we, where would it be? We don't I mean, know. look at what we're fighting right now with the late term abortions. Yeah. And, and then the new green, whatever it is, the AOC, uh, Andre Leo, yeah, yeah. Andre Leo, Caso, 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 <laughs> whatever her name is. Anyways, so, uh, so anyways, what what could take that out? So I was setting up is you have a nation that's like, you know, oh, we're a nationalist, like Poland, we're a nationalist. Like, what if the United States really, really, really starts to take to heart what, what you know, Bush is, or what Trump is saying? And then all of a sudden, the, on, the only way that it can be taken out is through a regime change, through a globalist, you know, new president that comes in and just pushes all this through and does exactly what Europe's done, or an even more realistic way would be the rapture Hmm. so the rapture comes all of the people that are standing in opposition to that are removed through the church you know the church is gone and all of a sudden you have this vacancy and now there's actually not only is there a need for an antichrist but because your nation excuse me your (laughs) (laughs) this coke zero is really getting to me your nation is being uh is now decimated right you know people are gone but you know they're estimating a billion or more uh, Christians in the world today, right? Right. So what if there's what if they're all gone in an instant from the rapture? You know, that would be that would leave a a, a massive chasm of of workforce, of money, mm-hmm. of all kinds of stuff. You know, quality people. Right. Right. So um, the so let's get talk about the this guy. <laughs> so uh, it's the it's the I don't even what's his name. Uh, Emmanuel Macron. Macron, that's it, from France. 
He's the president of France. He's the president of France, and he has said himself. And it, I, I've got a whole list. All right, so go okay. ahead. Why don't you go ahead and read what you got? So now that we talked about it, yeah. All right, so, um, so there's 22 different points that he hits, which is just saying a lot. All right. So the Antichrist will suddenly rise from obscurity, and there's verses for for it. So I'll just say, just trust me. All right, I'm not going to read all the verses. <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, that they said uh, a year before the French election, Macron had no political party and no previous electoral experience. So two years before, he was a virtual nobody, and then all of a sudden, he's president. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number two. <laughs> this is getting kind of crazy, but. The number 666 will be related to the Antichrist. Yeah, we know that. And is possible to be computed. All right, so here we go. Uh, there are 36 six by six total characters in Macron's name. Oh my gosh. If you give each character a value of its position and calculate the sum, you get 666. Oh, uh, great. He won the French presidency by 66.06% of the vote. What? Yeah. And assumed office on May fourteenth, two thousand seven, Israel's sixty ninth yeah. anniversary. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, so here you go. The Antichrist will claim to be God and be worshipped. And Macron has literally said he wants he will rule like the Roman god Jupiter. Yeah, which okay. is Roman revival of the Roman Empire. Yeah, right. Yeah, his full name is kind of crazy, um, <laughs> which is. Uh, I'll just skip through that. It's really long and it just goes through, but it, it seems like a, a very blasphemous if he is the one because it's all good. Yeah. Uh, the Antichrist will be a prince. Macron is technically a prince. Oh, really? Yeah. I he is co-prince of Andorra. Wow. A very small uh, little country, principality between France and Spain. So A principality. Yeah. So he's pretty... Um, Antichrist will be of Roman descent, rising out of the revived Roman Empire. Uh, he is a citizen of Roman ancestry on both sides of his family. There you go. Oh, wow. Um, you didn't talk about this, um, but I had made reference to it with Barack Obama. Yeah. They said, uh, so this list says, the Antichrist will be a sexual pervert and show no <laughs> regard for, quote, yeah. he, he, he won't have the desire for women. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention that, that he would probably be, be a homosexual. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so or take- Or transgender or something. Or something weird, yeah. yeah. So is this guy Macron gay? No, but it says, he, uh, so when he was 15, he fell in love with his teacher who was married <laughs> and she was 39 at the time. Oh my gosh. And then they had a, a affair. Pedophile, man. And he says that he, so they eventually got married. Mm -hmm. He has no desire- to have a family or children. He said he doesn't want kids. Mm. Um, he actually posed on a gay magazine shirtless on the cover. So he's closet gay maybe? Yeah. yeah. No, no. So. That, well, you know, when you get corrupted by a teacher at 15, that messes you up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it said, uh, you know, guy, man. charismatic leader, friendly, charming. There you go. He's good looking. They take their word for it <laughs> wow. uh it says th this person writing says he expects the antichrist to be a s clever sociopath who is ruthless towards others <laughs> behind the scenes from daniel 8 yeah and i've heard this about this guy that he's yeah. really cunning and it said after he 
for instance, after President Holland, Holland, I'll just say Holland, made Macron a government minister, Macron abandoned the guy and took his job. Mm. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, there's some more stuff about that. He'll be a globalist. That's super easy. He said the French culture does not exist. So he doesn't even like his own country's culture. Oh, He's totally a globalist. Dissolving any uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, he's been giving the name, he's been giving uh, names or nicknames like Jesus Macron, Europe's savior. Um, yeah. I thought, the th economist. Yeah. They had a, a picture of him literally walking on water and it says Europe's savior. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, he'll be arrogant. He's super arrogant. Um, <laughs> okay. This is, this is kind of getting in the weeds. I'm just going to read it. Yeah. The ultimate source of the Antichrist power is Satan, and Satan has some supernatural abilities. Thus, he, the author expects the Antichrist to possess some unusual or unique traits. It says, a reporter followed Macron for a week and noticed some unique traits he displayed, documenting them in an article. These include not breaking in sweltering heat, breaking in sweat during a sweltering heat, possessing relentless energy, which he is renowned for, being able to look at someone and to convince them to trust him with his penetrating blue eyes. Oh, man. Being able to recite perfect Greek and playing both sides in a bid for a newspaper. Mm. Uh, Macron's former classmates say he was not like the others. He was <laughs> hanging around old, uh, older people. Yeah, because Having dinner teacher. with his teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... The Ten Nation Confederation, he's literally set up and tried to bring in what he calls a Ten Nation Coalition of the Willing. Mm. So he's literally... It, the Willing. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, so the, keep your eye on Macron. That's... So we're you want to go gonna, through some more? Oh, you got more? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, let's hear but some yeah, more. Yeah, but I mean, he's literally setting up a Ten Nation. It's Ten Nations. Yeah. Literally. Insane. Okay. The Antichrist, uh, strong military. France has one of the has the second strongest military. Really? I didn't Europe. know that. Okay. Yeah, behind England. Okay. They're one of the only two that really have one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why they're always getting, they don't get involved with stuff and they always get hated on. Yeah. So it said, uh, yeah. he's probably fluent in a bunch of languages, which he is. Uh, he's going to, You. this was also really important that you didn't talk about. He's going to make and sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's okay. So, what he he's already trying to work that out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, so it says interestingly, even Macron has wanted to offer Israel quote safety and security as he attempts to do what no one to date has been able to do, peace. Bring peace between Israel and the it says Palestinian Authority, but that doesn't exist because right. Palestine isn't a real thing. Um. But anyway, that's like a big thing that he's been talking about is bringing peace. Hmm. Um, wow. Uh, there's some more stuff. Uh, economically smart, he will change the times. Oh, here's an interesting one. He will change the times and the law. Ever since Macron took office, he has been completely changing many labor laws, which Ooh. have caused many violent protests and wants to change work uh, Sunday work times. Oh, so change Sunday work times to make people so can work. Yeah, apparently. Not and, respect uh, 
Yeah. So there's, I skipped over a couple, but there you go. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's really eerie with him. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Cause it says in Daniel seven twenty five, he'll speak, yep. he'll speak against the most high. So change the laws of Sunday, speak <laughs> against the most high and you know, the Sabbath. Yeah. You know we're talking about. And, uh, and it says that, uh, and he will oppress the saints and try to change the set times and laws. Saints will be handed over to him for a time, uh, a time, a time and a half, and a time. Uh, that's going to be for two years and a half of a year. So t- for a year, two years, so three and a half years. Yeah. That's what it is. So, And also he was born to non-religious parents. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So he's a secularist. He's secular. Satanist. <laughs> so there it is. That's uh, Macron. That's our little nugget. You can hang on to that. Um, yeah. Watch Nick Macron. And so I, we're not saying anything, but you should no. pay attention to him. Yeah, just pay attention, you know, and uh, share the gospel with him. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says that yeah. uh, he can't, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So. If he can't say it. <laughs> if he can't say it, then he must be Satan. Oh, man. Dude, this is crazy. This has been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been a long, it's been a long, a long, this is a long, our long, one of our longest. So it's been over an hour and a half. So, uh, man, we are, we are just, uh, there's a lot to still unpack about the end times. Um, you know, so we'll yeah. have, we'll have more. Yeah. We have some great guests coming up. I just want to do this. I want to, as we're closing out here, I want to leave a call to action for all of our listeners. Uh, in the same way that we could, cover the entire earth in 20 years <laughs> by just sharing the gospel with one person leading them into the kingdom you can change the world of podcasting by sharing this podcast <laughs> with one person just share with one person what you hear and in, that you enjoy it because this is fun this has been great i mean yeah. where else are you going to learn about both the end times the antichrist and uh and hear Donald Trump uh, just make, make fun of me. Make fun of Rosie. I mean, come on, you can't you can't beat that. Yeah. So, oh, I did have a point that I meant to say it last time. What's that? All right, so just so everyone, you run the social media, the you, Instagram account. Are you throwing me under a bus right now? Yes, you. Oh, did, come on, you. No, no, no. You did that poll when I was up in the <laughs> mountains and I had no cell reception, but I. I saw it right like at the last minute. All right. So 63% of you people that follow us on Instagram, <laughs> I hate you because you voted that Turner is the best. It wasn't even close. Come on. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> tell them, Alex. So anyways, yeah, I care about the 36% that but actually voted for me. Can I tell you this though? What? Everyone, like not everyone, but everyone from my family voted for you. <laughs> what does that say about my family? They don't like me. That's true. They're, that makes it even worse because now it feels like they they're like, come on, I got to vote. They're for only me. part of the amount of people yeah, that okay, voted. Okay. So, but I just thought that was kind of funny that my my kids, my wife, they voted <laughs> for you. <laughs> I love you, Rosie. I voted for you. I appreciate it. I voted oh, for man. me. I voted for me too. You did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I missed it, but. Oh right. yeah, I you know I totally forgot to do our five question Friday um this on the our latest Instagram last week. I was so busy this week, man. I had so much going on. But anyways. So dude, it's been awesome. Yeah. We will uh we'll pick this up again. We have some great guests coming. Share the podcast with somebody that you know that needs to listen to it. I appreciate everybody that listens. And as usual, we pray God bless you and you have an awesome 
week. We'll catch you next time on All Out War. Later. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at AllOutWarCast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.